This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And welcome once again. About uh, six minutes after four o'clock, we are ready to go. So we hope you are as well on this uh, beautiful, sunny, or at least warm day. At least, man, this is uh, this is nice. If uh, if you've got a, a radio with you by the beach or by the porch, feel free to call in. Lines are open. 604-280-9898 is the way to do that. You can email help at employment lawyer. .ca. Lines are open. Today we will get to termination of employees on disability leave and some of your emails as well. You want to reach out anytime when we're not on the air. Uh, again, help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. And to call Lior, member of the team, 604-283-3123. But a live show and a call-in show it is. So bring it on. We're ready to talk to you. And to kick it off, Lior, the week that was. What do you got, pal? Hey, John. Great, great, great to be back here. I was actually off the air myself for a couple of weeks, uh, but now excited to be back, excited to answer questions and get right back into the swing of things and talking about employment law. I was in the office all week. I've answered a lot of questions to people about their workplace rights, their uh, EI issues, their severance, their wrongful dismissal, temporary layoff, constructive dismissal, changes to compensation, that and more. So if you have questions like that, like I've been getting all week, every single day, well, now's the time, now's the place. We're here at 5 o'clock to answer those questions. So don't be bashful. Pick up the phone and call. There's a lot of people listening, and by, by asking your questions and giving me an opportunity to answer and help you and give you solutions, You'll be helping all the other folks that are out there wondering the same thing. So really, no need to wonder or worry anymore. The law is still good. It's it's quite extensive, and it's here to help you, and I'm here to tell you what it is. Uh, with that said, of course, if you want to reach out to me uh, off air, we'll give you that information. But week that was, a couple situations that came across my desk. Now, I've said before that when it comes to temporary layoffs, when a company calls back uh, employees from temporary layoff, they don't have to follow seniority. They can decide who they call back and who they not. Of course, we're talking about non-unionized individuals. But uh, I, I came across a situation where the way the employer was calling back people was clearly illegal uh, and not something they're supposed to do. So I spoke with a gentleman uh, who called me and he said, well, I haven't been called back to work, but a bunch of other people have. And then as we were talking, he says that everyone else that's been called back to work was a younger person under 40 and all the mm. older employees you know and there's people in their 60s etc none of them have been called back even though they have more experience have been there longer so what lo- it looked like was happening here is that the employer was choosing to call back the younger folks for whatever reason leaving the older folks out there still on layoff well that's called age discrimination mm-hmm. that's illegal that's a human rights violation your employer cannot choose or make any decisions really about your employment based on your age. So I'm going to get involved over the coming days and, and help the employees deal with that. But I want you to remember that, that you cannot be treated differently because of your age or race or ethnicity or disability. That's illegal. And of course, when we're talking about layoffs, remember the rule, okay, that the layoff itself is likely illegal. Meaning, even if you've been laid off, and you know you think the company is doing it in good faith, which they probably are, you still have a right to treat that layoff as a termination and get your severance. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wonder what's going to happen. Are they going to call me back? They're not getting back to me. They're not uh, telling me what's going on. You can make that decision now to get your severance. 
Again, plenty of time to call in. We're just getting warmed up here on a uh, Sunday afternoon. 604-280-9898 is the number. What's the uh, second matter you got today, pal? Well, I've been getting a lot of calls, of course, now about kids going back to school and what does that oh, mean yeah. for parents and their jobs. So I wanted to kind of give an outline as to how that works or what your legal rights are as parents. Now, if you're going, if your child is not going to be back in school full time and you're going to need to spend some time with them at home uh, because they're home, your employer has to accommodate. They have to find a solution, whether it's to allow you to work part-time, whether it's to allow you to work from home, they have to figure it out. They cannot punish you, penalize you in any way. And if it's possible to allow you to work from home and you can still get your job done, that would be the default accommodation. Your employer has to find a way to make that happen. Because in that situation, you don't have a choice, right? If your kid has to be home, you have to be watching your child. Now, some parents are choosing not to send their kids back and to uh, take advantage of remote learning. That's fine. Obviously, that's a right that you have. But here's how this impacts your employment. If you're making a decision to keep your child at home, even though I understand why you would make that decision, at that point, your employer does not have to accommodate. Your employer only has to accommodate things that are beyond the parent's control, not things that the parent chooses to do, even if it's a reasonable choice. Meaning, if you choose to keep your, your child at home and because of that you have to stay home with them, your employer legally can say, well, sorry, if you're not coming in, I'm going to consider you to have resigned. So you may actually lose your job. I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that's the way it should be. I'm just saying that's the way that it is. So you have to consider that as a parent. If you're going to choose to keep the child home, are you okay risking losing your job? Are you going to find other childcare? Now, some employers may well be willing to work with you and and cooperate and accommodate, but that's not a given. So you really want to have that discussion with your employer. That's interesting. I never thought about that. If you have the choice given, if your child's going back to school, they have the choice or you have the choice as a parent of a student. You can either have them in there full time if that's an option. Or if you're, you're scared of COVID and your kid, you can, according to the school board, keep them at home. But your, your, your workplace is going to go, no, no, you have the other option. They can go to school. That is feasible for you. So we're not letting you do that. I didn't know they could yeah. do that. That is true. Once it's a choice, your employer does not have to accommodate a choice. Once it's something beyond the parent's control, that's when the employer must accommodate. 604-280-9898 is the number. Ed, thank you for taking some time this afternoon. How are you? Good, good. Uh, My question is pretty simple. The severance uh, deadline's been moved a few times for employers Mm -hmm. to meet requirements Uh, I was a bit surprised to learn a couple of things. Severance is based on your last eight weeks of pay. They take that average. Well, the industry that I was in was hospitality. Uh, We did tours. And, well, that would have meant January and February, the two slowest months of the year. And so to base a severance on your two least amount of pay is that those two months, it doesn't seem fair. But I did check with uh, the Employment Standards Act, and I was told that, no, that's the formula. And unfortunately, we don't average it. We won't take a year's average. It's the last eight weeks. So that's part of the question. And the second part is, when can people expect severance pay? So, Ed, I'm really happy you you called in with these questions. Let's start with the first one about that eight weeks. That is absolutely incorrect. The Employment Standards Act actually is irrelevant here 
because the Employment Standards Act only outlines a, a portion of your entitlements. Your full entitlements, entitlements, what we call your common law entitlements, have nothing to do with the Employment Standards Act. Therefore, it's not your eight weeks that are used to calculate severance. It's an average usually of the last three years. If you've been there for less than three years, then it's an average of the time that you were there. So if in the last three years you average $50,000, whatever the number is, that's the number we're going to use to calculate severance. So the Employment Standards Act, you can absolutely forget about. You don't have to consider it. It's really irrelevant for our purposes when it comes to severance. And that flows to the second part of your, your uh, issue as well, and that is you actually you, you have a choice. You can choose to wait until the company calls you back, and if they call you back, you can go back. If not, they pay severance. Or you can choose to make the decision yourself to treat the layoff as a termination and get severance now. So let's say your company is going to make a decision in six weeks, as an example. You can wait, absolutely. Or you can say, well, good, good on you for making the decision, but I, the employee, am making the decision right now. I am choosing to treat this as a termination, and you, employer, have to pay me my severance. So you actually and every employee has that decision-making power, and you don't have to wait for your employer. Does that make sense, Ed? It does, except that the didn't the federal government provide an extension for the employers to meet that requirement, the the minimum standard. They they had pushed it back a couple of times, giving them more time to have to lay out that money. So that was only that was the the provincial government, not the federal. But beyond that, no, all, all that did is it changed certain things in the Employment Standards Act. The common law, which is really the main source of your entitlements, is nothing to do with the government or, or, or with the statute, and that's where your, the source of your entitlements are. That's really why we're doing this show, because so many people believe that we care about the Employment Standards Act. No, you actually yeah. don't. Your full entitlements, common law entitlements, are exactly as I've outlined. We look at an average, and you don't really have to wait for the company. You can make that decision yourself. And appreciate the call and your time. You want to follow up with Lior, get some more information, have a uh, more of a lengthy conversation. That is no problem at all. Here is how you do that. The number is 604-283-3123. Again, 604-283-3123. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Guys, we'll take a short break. Get right back at it. Phone lines are open. Be like Ed. Be smart. Make that call. Get some information. 604 280 9898 Employment Law Show continues CKNW. Hey, welcome back. Uh, 419. Yeah, you got plenty of time, so give us a call. This is a live call in show, and the number yet, that is correct 604 280 The email to reach out is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And when we're not doing this show for an hour on Sunday, you can reach out anytime. In fact, you can have an employment lawyer with you in spirit, and that is uh, through pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. There is a wealth of information about uh, employment law. You'll want to go there and wrap up into that site would be the severance pay calculator even a section on disability laws that pertains to employment because there's a lot of crossover there as well so educate yourself anytime again pocketemploymentlawyer.ca but yeah phone lines are open so bring it on if you have any questions and would love to i'd love to get to a termination of employees on disability leave let's get into this one because this is a topic we cover every so often but it does creep up and there is people who uh, who wonder about this particular angle of employment law. Describe a common situation, Lee, or termination of employees on a disability leave. When does that happen? 
It is uh, actually a fairly common situation and and, uh, issue that I have to deal with quite a bit at the office, and I think it's important that we bring this up here so that you know how to handle a situation when you're off work, need to be off work, or something happens while you're off work for for medical reasons. So that's really the point of of this uh, next uh, topic we're going to cover. Now, common situations really fall in two categories. Uh, First common situation is an employee needs to take off time uh, for medical reasons. Uh, they're, they're sick, they have a disability, they have some serious health issues, and the employer is not cooperative. Uh, the employer either asks questions that go beyond what the employer ha- is allowed to ask or threatens the employee with the loss of their job or, or just being uncooperative with you know allowing the employee to be off work and, and getting better. So that's one thing we're going to cover because, again, the employer has to do what it needs to do to let the employee off. And the second type of situation is on the other end of a medical leave where an employee has been off work, wants to come back to work either on a modified basis or without limitation and the employer is not bringing them back or doesn't want to accommodate or says, well, no, you've been off for too long. We don't have to bring you back. Again, that's illegal as well. So those are common situations that many people find themselves in. So we want to really outline the rights that employees have because, again, the law is quite good in protecting employees that are off on a disability leave. And any time during this conversation you have questions about this or anything else for yourself, it's uh, just a chance to call in 604-280-9898. Is it legal to terminate an employee on a disability leave? Is that, does that situation come up? It, it does come up, and, and it's not legal. It's It's illegal to terminate someone because they're on a medical leave, okay? So you cannot, an employer cannot let someone go because they're off saying, well, you've been off for too long or we don't really believe you or we like someone else better and and because you've been away and that person's more reliable, we're going to let you go. No, anytime the decision to terminate an employee has anything at all to do with the fact that the employee was on a medical leave, that is illegal. That's a human rights violation. And no amount of severance can cure that because it's not something an employer can do. On the other hand, if an employer ends up terminating an employee while the employee is on leave, but for reasons that have nothing to do with the leave, then that is fine. I'm, I'm going to give you an example. Let's say an employee works in a particular department. That whole department was shut down, or maybe the employer sold that, that division. Then if the employee loses their job as a result of that, well, I guess that employer is not doing anything wrong because they're not picking on this employee. It's just part of a larger restructuring. So if the decision has nothing to do with the leave, that's fine. Obviously, the employer still has to pay severance, but it's not at least a human rights violation. So the key takeaway here, you cannot be let go because you're sick, because you took a disability leave. Okay, you did mention the S word, so let's get into that a little bit. You've, you're off on a disability leave. It could be you know, two weeks, six weeks, close to two years, whatever. Does an employee on disability leave get severance even though they are not able to work if they're let go? So that's a very good question. And, and you know, you started off by saying you could be two weeks, six weeks. Remember that if you have a doctor backing you up, you can be off on a medical leave as long as you need to. Maybe it is two weeks. Maybe it's two months. Maybe it's two years. Hopefully not. But it could be as long as you have your doctor backing you up, you can be off. Now, when it comes to severance, absolutely. If you're let go... And, and your employer uh, is in a situation where they're not doing anything illegal, they're letting you go mm-hmm. because of other reasons, they still have to pay you severance. And the reason we bring this up is oftentimes I hear employers saying, well, wait a second, 
why are we paying you severance? Because it's not like you were here able to work anyway. So we're not trying to replace your income because you wouldn't have had any income. Well, it does not matter. When it comes to severance, you have to be paid as if you were at work, even though you're not, even though you may not be able to work, the severance that you get has to be paid as if you were working. Now it goes beyond that. An employee actually that's on a medical leave may be entitled to leave to even more severance than a healthy employee because it's assumed that's going to take this employee a longer time to find another job. So yes, you absolutely get severance if you're on a medical leave. Now, I think I know the answer to this one, but I'll ask it anyway. Does the same thing apply to employees on a maternity leave? <laughs> well, actually, in maternity leave, it's more strict even because I said that you can't be let go while on a, on a medical leave as long as the reason has nothing to do with the medical leave. Well, when you're on a maternity leave, a parental leave, your employer has to bring you back unless it's completely impossible. They actually have a statutory obligation to bring you back to work. So in most cases, when an employee is not brought back from maternity leave, that's a human rights violation. That's an employment standards uh, violation. It could be a wrongful dismissal. So as you like to say, John, it's a whole bowl of wrong. Uh, right. So it, it really is that. But of course, severance always has to be paid. So whenever we're talking about a termination of employment, you get severance. The question is, what else do you get? And if there's human rights violations, you may have additional entitlements, and you absolutely have those entitlements if you're a mother or a father coming back from parental leave, and all of a sudden your job is gone. Again, employment matters. You want to talk about something, whether it's uh, related to what we're talking about here, termination on disability leave, or it's COVID-19, or you're on temporary layoff. That's okay. Bring it on. you got the remainder of the hour. It's uh, 604 Two eight zero nine eight nine eight. Um, severance. The calculation is it different, or how is severance calculated for somebody on disability leave? So, hopefully, our regular listeners know that the factors that going in, that go into uh, finding or are calculating your severance are your age, your position, and the length of your employment. So, the longer you you work, the older that you are, and the more senior a position you have, the more severance is owed to you. But there's another factor that's actually quite important, and we don't talk about that enough, and that is how long do we think it's going to take you to find another job? So for example, if you're a young person, very healthy, in a good economy, in an industry that, that's uh, you know booming, we expect it's not going to take you that long, so you may get less severance. If you're maybe an older employee, and if you, we think that the economy is so bad that it's going to take you longer to find another job, you'll get more severance. Well, if you think about it, if you're now struggling with a medical condition, you're not necessarily abled body, maybe there's a very limited number of jobs or job opportunities that you can take, so it's going to take you longer to find another job. So bottom line is employees that have a medical condition, uh, employees that are not healthy, employees that cannot just go into any job, maybe they need some accommodation, those employees get even more severance than other employees. So please, please don't assume that your severance offer is fair because that is a fair consideration, your ability or inability to find another job. We got lots of time to go here. I'll squeeze another question in in this last minute before we take another break. Um, now, this we talk about this because the other half of your 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 uh, your firm. But does the termination impact a person's disability benefits that they're receiving from an insurer, and do they get cut off? 
So that's a very good question, and I often get the very panic calls or emails from someone. So if someone is on a disability leave, they're getting disability benefits, short-term or long-term disability benefits from an insurance company, and then their employment gets terminated. And they think, holy cow, does that mean now I'm going to get cut off from the insurance company? Well, do not worry. The answer is no. Uh, the fact that you were let go does not change anything with respect to your disability benefits. Why? Because you qualified for the benefits while you were still working. So even though you may lose your job while still getting benefits, no, the benefits will continue and should continue until either you're 65 or until you're better and able to work. So you do not lose your disability benefits just because you were let go from your job. Let's take a short pause. We'll get right back at it as we continue here at uh, 428. The number is 604-280-9898. Lots more to go. Employment Law Show, CKNW. And welcome back. Employment Law Show indeed here at uh, 433. So you got time to call in. Bring it on. We'd love to talk to you about your employment matters. A live call-in show is what we do on Sunday afternoon. 604-280-9898. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you just go to employmentlawyer.ca, you can catch past shows and links to our TV show as well. But uh, your phone calls, we got open phone lines, so feel free to call in and get some more more information talking about termination of employees on disability leave and i know this is a term that you tossed around earlier in the hour leo and that was frustration of contract when does that when does that occur exactly so i've talked about the fact that employees can be off as long as needed you know sometimes yep. it's a few days a few weeks sometimes it could be some a few months or a few years and that's fine of course you can be off as long as your doctor backs you up but there is a situation where the absence is so long that an employer is able to, to cut ties with you. We call that frustration of contract. In other words, when the absence is, is just so long that the employer can say, you know what, enough is enough. But there's really two conditions for that to happen. Number one, the absence has to be very long. Usually, we don't even start thinking about frustration of contract until at least a year and usually two years or more. So let's say two years, a very long absence. Mm -hmm. And number two, there has to be no likelihood of you being able to come back right. to work. So if your doctor is saying, we don't think this person is going to go back to work or we don't have no reason to think that they'll be able to go back to work, then the employer has to, can say, you know what, it's frustration of contract and we can end the relationship. And in that situation, the employer does not have to pay severance. Now, I've seen many, many cases where the employer tries to say, frustration of contract before those conditions have been met. For example, they may say frustration of contract, but the door has not yet been closed about the with the employee's ability to come back to work. Right. The doctor is saying, yeah, that could still happen. Well, in that situation, it's not a frustration. That's a wrongful dismissal. It's potentially a human rights violation. But if you've been off for a long time, if your doctor is saying you're probably not going back to work, the employer is able to end the relationship without compensation. But if that happens to you, don't assume that it's right. In many situations, it may not be. It's definitely worthwhile to give me a call so we can discuss it. Well, I mean, that's exactly it. So when an employer wants to pull the trigger on termination for a, a frustration of contract, rather than just walking in and say, yeah, I think that's what it is, so I'm doing it out the door, uh, what should the employer do? What are the basic steps? Well, number one, they did one obviously confirm that the employee uh, has been off for a while, but then the employer wants to ask for an updated uh, uh, information, updated information from the doctor. In fact, they wanna may pose the doctor some questions. Specifically, is what is the likelihood of this employee being able to come back to work? Do you expect the employee to be back to work in the foreseeable future? A question like that. 
ask the question and it, don't rely on what the insurance company is saying or what you think is the answer. You, the employer, would have to get the employee to provide answers from the doctor to those questions. And if the answer is, no, no, this employee is, is working towards going back to work at some point, okay, great. Then uh, you, don't, you, you can't uh, terminate for frustration. You have to let things be. If the doctor says, no, this employee is not coming back to work, then that is frustration of contract. And then you're able to end the relationship if that's what you want to do. But don't jump the gun. If you jump the gun, you may find yourself with a human rights violation. Not a good thing to do. Does the uh, does an employer have to continue benefit coverage for an employee on disability leave? So that's a great question. Generally, the answer is no. And, and here's why it's no. The reason the employer doesn't have to uh, provide benefits is benefits is a form of compensation. It's ah, provided to the right. employee for working, just like your salary. So in the same way that an employer doesn't have to pay salary to an employee that's off on a disability leave, the employer does not have to continue benefit coverage. Now, many employers choose to continue it, and that's great. I think that's the right thing to do. But here's where it gets very interesting. If you're on a disability leave and your employer is continuing your benefits, they can't then just cut it off. So maybe you've been off for a few months, you've had benefits, now your employer is saying, well, now you've been gone so long, we're just going to cut off your benefits. Uh-uh, can't do that. So even though they didn't have to continue benefits to begin with, once they do, once the employer does, they can't just change their mind and decide to cut it off. That could be a human, uh, human rights violation, but more likely a constructive dismissal. It's a change to the terms of your employment. You had benefits during the medical leave, now you don't. That is a big deal. You may be able to treat that as a termination, as a constructive dismissal, and require your employer to pay you severance. So they don't have to continue it, your benefits, but if they do, they can't just take it back. Do they have some leeway, like a week or two when you're off on disability? Like they don't know how long you're going to be off to continue or not continue. They got a bit of a, a little bit of a wiggle room there. Is it day one when you're off on disability, either make the decision to or not to continue benefits? Well, the way the employer could do it is to say, as you say on day one, is we're only going to continue your benefits for a week or for a month nice. or for three months. As long as it's clear from the beginning for how long the employer is only going to continue benefits, then yes, they can discontinue the benefits uh, at that time. But if they don't say anything and after a while they say, well, now it's too long, we're going to cut you off. No, that they cannot do. So a good good advice for employers would be if you're going to continue benefits to those employees on a, on a disability leave, tell them from the beginning and put that in writing for how long you're going to continue your benefits. If you don't do that, then you, you, you may have a problem later on. That's why they got to call a guy like you. By the way, that number is 604-283-3123. That's to reach Lior and his team when we're not on the air here. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here now on the phone, you want to call in, ask your questions, advise that you do. We're live. That's what we're here for. 604 604- Two eight zero nine eight nine eight. We'll get to a, a call here in about a moment. But uh, what's the, the the best advice you give employers if they have to terminate an employee on a disability leave? Because a lot probably listening wondering what to do. Well, probably the best advice that I would give employers is wait. And, and what I mean wow. by that is, uh, if if you may not have a job for an employee right now, but if that employee is not ready to come back to work yet, well, shouldn't you be waiting to see what jobs you may or may not have? When they're ready to come back to work, sometimes jumping the gun may mean that you, you could 
be in a human rights violation situation. That's that's number one. So wait and, and make that decision once the employee uh, is off on a de- uh, or able to come back to work. Number two is find out if the employee ever wants to come back to work. Some employees right. say, no, I'm not going to be coming back to work. In which case, why are you terminating? May as well just treat that as a resignation and not have to worry about severance. Good call. And, n- yeah, absolutely. And number three, as I was saying, you know, get an updated information from the doctor, uh, from the employee's doctor about the, the, the status of coming back to work, the, the timing, uh, and then you may be able to consider frustration. So don't jump the gun. Ask the employee if they want to come back to work and get updated information from the employee's doctor. Let's get a quick call in here before we, uh, we take a break. Mike, thanks for uh, standing by there for a moment. How are you this afternoon? Good. How are you guys doing? Good, pal. What's, uh, what's on your mind? Yeah, so I guess I've been hearing a lot of you know, um, you know, a lot of information about the employee here, and for those folks that that do have a legitimate claim and and are injured, and I know you know that does happen quite a bit. But there's, uh, I find you know, I work in an environment where I am management, but I also have union staff. I've been in the union, and I've seen people take advantage mm-hmm. of the employer and and really push the boundaries on their injury, and and sometimes to the point where it's years. And uh, this poor employee is paying these benefits and uh, getting taken advantage of. And whether, you know, their doctor signing off on something that they shouldn't be, I'd be interested to know how, how those folks can be, you know, those employers can, can get some benefit or some help, maybe by either legal action or mm-hmm. otherwise to, uh, to stop those people. And it's happening rampantly and it's costing everybody money. It's similar to ICPC claims, but well, there's a lot that... An, an employer can do. Uh, number one, if an employer c- does believe that an employee is kind of gaming the system, they're really not that injured or sick. I've seen many employers arrange for surveillance, frankly, and see, you know, if, if the employee is out there playing basketball and, and, uh, and golf uh, while they should be so, so sick that they can't work. And if that's what uh, the employer finds out, then yeah, they're able to part ways and, and not have to worry about it. So that's something employers to consider. The other thing is, Ask the, the employee's doctor's question. Don't just take that little doctor's note and say, can you give me more information? What accommodation does the employee need? What's the timing? When are they going to be seen again? So put the employee, uh, the, sorry, the employee's doctor on the spot so they have to answer question. And number three, if you do have an employee that's been off for a very long time, then you may be able to do the frustration of contracts thing that we talked about before and say, well, you've been off for so long now and you're not coming back to work, then we may be able to end the relationship with you. So there are things employers can do. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I do know that these things that you've described, Mike, do happen, but just kind of sitting silently and not doing anything and complaining that things are not good is not a good solution. There are options. Mike, I'll let you go because we've got to take a short break. Appreciate your time. You want to reach out further and have a discussion from that angle. It's a, it's a good thing to do, so thanks for calling and bringing that up. 604-283-3123, the number, and it is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Mo, stand by. We'll get to your call on the other side of the break. We'll take a short one here and uh, get right back to it. Employment Law Show on CKNW. It is 4.45. Thanks for sticking around. If you're just joining us, you got some time to make that phone call before we wrap for the day. That is 604-280-9898. After that, you can send an email, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And remember, anytime you want some information, go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That's free and completely anonymous. In that regard, getting to uh, to Mo. Mo, thanks for standing by. How are you? I'm good. Uh, go ahead. Good. What's up? Quick, quick question, and I'll just hang up and I'll listen on the radio. 
um, uh, about a year ago. I'm, I'm a, I'm a millwright, uh, fabricator. I'm $40 an hour. Uh, I, I left a job that was like, uh, I worked there for 10 years. It was like secure. Uh, I left a job and for another company and then they changed their management and the new manager after about four months, four or five months, um, just let me go. That was last year. I'm just curious, um, would, would that qualify for wrongful dismissal? Because they said there's no reason for me to be let go. Uh, they needed they, they needed tradespeople, and after I left, they they advertised for tradespeople. Um, and I just thought that was very strange. Like I left a very secure job to go with them, um, and then they let me go after they got a new manager and things. So hmm. just just curious. Don't, don't hang, hang up, up Mo. Uh, don't hang don't up, up, Mo. Uh, hang on there. Yeah. Mo, uh, were you part of a union? Yeah, it was a union, yeah. So if it's a union, then an, an employer can only let people go based on, on seniority uh, and only if it's legitimate. But here's the thing. The only one that can determine whether it was appropriate, number one, and number two, to do something about it, file a grievance, what have you, is the union. So obviously we need more information, but ultimately the union is really the only one that can tell you, yes, this is kosher or no, it's not. And if it's yeah. not, then they can do something about it. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, All Mo. All right, thanks, Mo. Appreciate uh, appreciate your time. Going to move on here. we still got a few minutes left to go. You want to call in and ask a question just like Mo, you can do so. 604-280-9898. Let's uh, finish up our topic of termination of employees on disability leave. Now, what should an employee do, not employer, what should an employee do if they receive notice of termination while they're on disability leave? Well, I think the first thing you want to do is, is get some information. Ask some questions from your employers. Why am I being let go? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not coming back to work yet, so why did you choose to let me go now? Now, an employer that doesn't give you that answer, I would get really suspicious because an employer that has a legitimate and legal answer is going to have no problem telling you. You know, we had to make a major workforce reduction. We uh, were not doing well. We decided to stop operating in this area. Whatever the answer is, they would give it to you. If they're not, I would be very concerned. If there isn't a legitimate answer, we have to obviously immediately consider the legality of the termination. That's when you want to reach out to me. Now, beyond that, the first thing you do if you're let go, and that's whether you're on a disability leave or if you're not, if you're just a regular employee at work, you go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca to find out how much severance you should be getting. Because you may be let go and you're staring at that piece of paper, maybe it's a PDF or an actual paper, uh, and you see what the company says they're going to pay you. Chances are, over 90% chance, in fact, that that's completely inadequate. So what do you do? You go to Pocket Employment Lawyer, you find out what the real number should be. Six months, 12 months, 24 months, whatever it is, and now you know you can reach out to me directly from the pocket employment lawyer and I'll help you. So number one, why was you, were you let go? Is the reason legitimate? And then if it is legitimate, then you actually are probably owed a lot more severance than what you've been offered, keeping in mind, as I said before, that employees on a disability leave get even more severance than, than, than they otherwise would because of the fact that they can't just walk into another job immediately. Keep this number uh, to reach out uh, to Lior and the team, by the way, 604-283-3123. That's the way to do that. Uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. Steve, 
get to a couple emails here. We still got uh, a few minutes. Steve says, uh, guys, I signed a severance offer under duress. My employer told me that if I didn't sign, I won't get paid anything. Can I do something about it now? So this is a tough one, and this is a question that I get very often. Usually when I finish one of these shows or, or you know, one of our TV shows, people realize, holy cow, I, I just found out that the severance that I got was not adequate. Uh, and usually it's not adequate to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars. And they call me and they say, Lior, I signed it. I felt the pressure and my employer was threatening me. Uh, can you help me? Now, in most cases, unfortunately, the answer is no, I can't. Once you sign off on that severance letter, uh, you're stuck with it. There's a deal, there's a contract that was formed, and the company can just pay you what you agreed, and that's it. Now, there are situations where the agreement really is signed under duress. So if your employer is threatening you with, with, with things that are otherwise illegal, so let's say your employer owes you uh, unpaid wages, and they say, we're not even going to pay you that if you don't sign. Or maybe they owe you commission, and they say, we're not going to pay you that yeah. unless you sign. Well, that's illegal. That You can't threaten someone to do that. So, so in that situation, yeah, we may be able to get you out of that document. Now, I don't know exactly what, what the threat was with uh, Steve here, but maybe, maybe, maybe. It's worth having that discussion. If you really were threatened and you signed because or under that threat, we may be able to get you out of there. But anyone listening out there, remember, not a good thing to do. The time to get that advice with respect to your severance is before you sign this. Before you put your, your Jan, uh, John Hancock on that piece of paper, you want to make sure that you get what you're owed, and I can almost guarantee you that you're owed more. So please, please, be smart about it. And shouldn't you, anytime, every time you're handed a severance off, you're in the office with a frosted glass and the box gets slid over, just say, you know, thank you, I appreciate it, I'm going to read this over, I'll get back to you. Don't ever sign right there, because chances are, as you say, if they're underpaying you, they're not going to come back and wait to give you less. I mean, you know, you're, you're, not, you're getting ripped off off the start, so why wouldn't you take the time and you don't have to sign when you walk out that door? Absolutely. In fact, I, I go beyond that. A smart employer is not going to let you sign this on the spot because they don't want you to come back later and say, well, you made me sign it on the spot, so <laughs> I signed it under duress. They're going to say, no, no, take it home. Take those few days and then sign it. And, and that is extremely important advice. Think about it. What what are they going to do? What are they going to do if you don't sign this on the spot? They're not going to hit you. They're not going to block the elevator. They're not huh. going to throw rocks into your uh, your car's windshield. So so nothing, okay? And if you're owed more, you're going to get more. So no matter what, no matter what the pressure is. And by the way, if there's a deadline to your severance letter, ignore it. I'm here live telling you to ignore that deadline. Yeah. Instead, get advice. And I guess I I always say this, and I mean this. There's a lot of employment lawyers in BC. If you don't like me, that's okay. Call another one of the BC employment lawyers, but get that legal advice, please, please, before you sign off on that severance offer. Harold uh, writes in his email, says, uh, Lior, I was hired because the employee that held the position before me went on disability. There you go. After two years, this other employee is coming back to work. And my employer is telling me that my only choice is to relocate from Toronto to Mississauga. This is where we're getting the email from the east side. Uh, what can I do? Now, for those who uh, are from Toronto, Mississauga area, that's it's it's not really far away, but it's far enough away. If you got to commute, it's 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 adding some time to your commute. Yes, exactly. And, and, and I'm going to make it very simple here. Generally speaking, your employer can relocate you as long as you're not increasing your commute by more than an hour or so. Once we get beyond that hour, then now you have a right to treat that uh, that change 
is a constructive dismissal. So it doesn't really matter so much the distance. It's not one kilometer or 100 kilometers. It's how it impacts you. Depending on where the cha- where the office is relocated to, that may be more convenient to you. So it's not a, a distancing, it's the impact thing. So in this situation, if it's going to be more than an hour change in commute, the other option is treat that as a constructive dismissal. If that's what you want, get your severance and go and move on to a different job. I want to get Mohammed? Hey, Mohammed, we only got a minute or two left here. You want to give us your question? We'd love to answer it. What's up? Yeah, uh, I was working for a company for about ten years, and our company had a contract for a big corporation. And after about ten years, our company lost the contract, and all of the employees, all of us, we were about twenty-six of us, were all laid off. So I'm wondering, did our company owe us any severance? Absolutely. Now, Mohammed, were you part of a union? I was part, part of a union, yes. Okay, so if you were part of a union, any severance would have been very, very minimal uh, and potentially even zero depending on how much notice you had of, of that uh, termination. Uh, if you weren't part of a union, you could be looking at as much as a year's pay, but unfortunately, Mohammed, as a unionized employee, uh, your entitlements in that situation would be very minimal. Uh, so that, that's the answer there, Mohammed, unfortunately. Okay, thank you so much for, for clarification. Thank you. Thanks, Mohammed. Appreciate uh, appreciate your time and your call. I think we'll uh, pretty much wrap it for the day now. Appreciate all your calls and emails. You can continue to send the emails along. Lior and his team will uh, will get to those now that we're done for the day. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca to reach out by phone. Keep the number with you. Just write it down. Keep it on your phone. Type it into your contacts. 604-283-3123. And uh, I've mentioned it. Lior went through it again uh, today. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Very robust website. All about employment law there's a section on disability laws that pertains to your employment and there's even the severance pay calculator for you to uh, have a look at and go through that particular exercise takes about 30 seconds all free all anonymous but there is a contact at the top right if you choose to do so again pocket employment lawyer ca thanks for joining us we'll catch you again here next sunday afternoon the employment law show on cknw The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.